just yet um, before we finish James uh, by the end of the year uh, to take time to uh, really focus in on what makes up the Crossing Church. Uh, what, like who, who is the Crossing? What, what are we made up as? Um, what do we find that's important? Uh, what do we desire? Uh, we've broken down so far uh, our vision statement, uh, and then Jared also uh, walked through uh, this call to make disciples in, in all of life. In the last week, uh, we got to explore the importance of missional communities. Uh, and so today, we'll kind of focus in even further uh, before next week as we open up a little bit more towards Sunday mornings. Um, but this week, uh, we want to dive into what DNA groups are, why we think they're important, uh, and how a gathering of three to four people, uh, how that should function. So once again, uh, we want to walk through why we think, as, as the cross, it didn't start with us, we didn't come up with the term DNA groups, we didn't come up with this model, um, this came from SOMA, Acts 29, all these other groups that you can call it whatever you want, uh, but we felt that DNA groups was best for us, and we still think that today. So we want to walk through why we think it's necessary to have these uh, small groups, discipleship groups, DNA groups, um, and then we want to get into the practicality of it, how these should function, what these should look like, um, and so obviously the hope is that every member, or maybe you're in that zone, that almost a member, you're just waiting on that process to finish, um, every member, almost member, even that, you know, that visitor who's kind of beyond the visitor side, that you've been here a few times, and you're starting to talk to some more people now, uh, we desire Every person who's a part of the Crossing Church to be a part of missional communities, uh, a missional community, uh, and to be in some kind of DNA group. Uh, once we get into what these look like, uh, you don't have to label a DNA. You don't have to come to me, Joseph and Jared, and say, hey, I need approval to make this DNA group. If you already have this group um, before you are part of the Crossing, and, and, it, and it functions the, the way we see it should function or, or similar, Continue that. Like that is that is what we desire. Uh, we don't have to put our stamp and say this is our DNA group. Yes, this is we form this. If you have this group and it is restoring you, it is pointing you back to the gospel and it is pointing you to action to move out uh, from this. You know the coffee shop groups. That is good. Continue doing that. Um, but if you are on the side that you have no idea what DNA is and you're glad you showed up today because you're tired of people talking about it and you're not knowing what it is and you're too afraid to ask somebody because you've been here for too little bit, little bit too long to not know, good, you're here. Um, if you are not a part of the DNA group, you're not a part of an MC, uh, please come to one of us who is up on the stage, someone who looks like they've been here before. Uh, we want you to be involved. It does not have to be an elder to come and say, hey, tell me what to do to be in a DNA group. It can be anyone who's in a DNA group. Even if they have four people, move in with them. <laughs> move in. Just just right along inside there and see what DNA is, is supposed to be. All right. Um, so we're going to get into that today. That was a way longer intro that I had written. Uh, but we want to pray first, uh, praying for the lost, praying for the unreached, uh, praying for our city, for our church, uh, and the churches in this area. And so please pray with me. Thank you, Father. Uh, we thank you for being sovereign for loving us, being accessible, uh, being merciful. Thank you for being righteous, redeeming. Thank you for being mighty and also meek. God, we pray that you make us more like you today. As we walk with you, fill us with your spirit. Send us out with a greater awareness of who you are in our lives. We're reminded of your faithfulness in gathering 
today. Uh, also, every language that is gathering today, God, thank you for days like International Day of Bible Translation. We can be reminded that the task you have given us and the powers to do is not complete. We want it to be complete, God. It's not complete. We also get to celebrate what you're doing through your children all around the world. Thank you for continuing to bless and multiply this work, whether it's the crossing or another church in our area, God. Thank you for using local churches around here for your kingdom. Churches like The Well, First Baptist Monroe, First Baptist Calhoun, First United Methodist, and others help our missional communities and small groups as DNA groups think in terms of long-term commitments to relationships and service. Let us be driven to meet the pressing need of those you have called us to love, God. Give us opportunities to naturally, faithfully, appropriately, boldly share your good news, no matter what body of believers you're a part of. Be with our parents today. We desire to be homes where you reign. Let every house be like a church within the home where worship of you brings about great and contagious joy in these family members, growing disciples, disciple makers, no matter what the age is, God. God, I pray that you bless local ministries like Secret Springs as they enter into a different season of ministry now. Let this fall be a time of rest, renewal, restoration for them as they plan. God, we ask that you continue to give us a heart to be a sending church. Make us zealous. Make us excited to partner in loving unity with many other churches, ministries in our region to send out church planners, God. Make us that kind of church. Bring joy to the Wanchi, the Mandar people in Indonesia. Open hearts among the Aceh, the Bamai, the Bonin, the Tongan, the Tibetan, the Jone people groups in China. Let your word be proclaimed among the Laz and the Zaza people in Turkey, God. We pray that no matter what size of a, a difference we get to make in this, that we want, we desire these people groups to hear about you, to know you, and, and to find joy in Christ as we have, God. God, we thank you today for baby Abel. What a treasure she is to you, to to mom and dad, and to us, uh, her, her bigger family. Let her experience the confidence that comes with knowing you, that you love her, you cherish her through her parents' love for her, through her family's love for her. Thank you so much for taking care of all the passport situations, of the delivery of mom and dad, everything, God. We pray that you continue to bless them and that they may glorify you among the Wanchi people. Be with the R family as they raise funds in order to purchase a house and obtain visas to stay in Turkey, to start a business, and to learn all these languages, God. Help them find ministry partners who will share in that vision. And we lift up those still uh, afflicted by conflicts in Myanmar, Ukraine, and Russia. Help us not forget those suffering around the world, even in Florida right now, God. Care and nurture for those who are desperate for you, who are desperate for peace, for love, and for support, God. Open our ears and hearts right now. Um, God, remind us of who you are. what you've done for us, who that makes us today, God. Uh, let it be uh, all you. Let it be a simple mouthpiece uh, this morning. Uh, I love you. Uh, thank you so much uh, that we can go to you and we can trust that you're going to take care of us. Amen. All right. Like I said, last week we looked at missional communities uh, through this lens of these gospel identities uh, that we've been saved and, and changed by the life of Jesus. And because of 
God's love for us, and because of Christ's work on the cross, we are now these identities, and we can call them whatever we want, um, but we are now family, we are all servants, and we are all missionaries because of God the Father made us family, Jesus our King came to serve us by dying on the cross, and we have been filled with the Holy Spirit to go and make disciples. We've been empowered by that Spirit to make disciples, to proclaim, to be missionaries. So because God the Father loved us based on nothing we've ever do, we're family forever. We're servants, we're missionaries. And so if we have this knowledge, this belief really of who we are, our gospel identities, something should happen now. Something should change. Um, this is what makes us disciples of Jesus. Your, your family, your serving, your preaching the gospel to others, this is what a disciple is these these three parts and it's happening all the time and as a disciple you're probably not stuck in one place forever absolutely there are seasons and, and ruts that we go through that we feel like I'm not growing at all I'm not doing anything but but most of the time the hope is that you are also a growing disciple and so we see three main environments and there's always three and because we're Trinitarian it's always gonna be the number Sorry, uh, we see three main environments where the gospel growth takes place, and we fight and sometimes fail to make sure that these environments within the Crossing Church are thriving. So yes, we are family, we are servants, we are missionaries, but within those identities, we, we must also take time to see that, that we're thriving, and, and, and those areas that we're going to go through uh, today, to see the importance of in what a DNA group is. And so first, let's go through some of the other things. Uh, so first, we believe it is crucial to have a large group gathering like this. Uh, the writer of Hebrews encourages this kind of environment from chapter 10 of Hebrews. It's probably not going to be on the screen. That's okay. Uh, it says, let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who promised is faithful. Let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So this right here in this room, the palace in downtown Monroe, uh, this Sunday morning gathering is extremely important for our growth as disciples of Jesus. Early on in the development and the planning and even the after the creation of the Crossing Church, uh, we had a tendency to downplay the importance of Sunday morning because most of us, and that original group had come from backgrounds, maybe like you, where Sundays were church. Sunday mornings, the building, that was what church was. That was me growing up. That was me when I moved to Monroe. Sunday, the event, the, the building, so much was poured out into that, as though the gathering, all that is everything. That is the church. And so we want to know part of that. We, we saw that there was a lot of hurt in that. There was not a lot of fruit in that. There was some kind of fruit where people would come and, and they would hear some good things, sure. Um, but we, we weren't changed by that. We didn't see that as what the church was. We believed that we were the church every day and all of life. And so we wanted to do something different, not radical. There was other churches doing this. But we wanted to be the church in all of life. And so we started to run into this uh, thing that uh, was maybe not so great, um, Instead of seeking a middle ground, we, we kind of put Sunday mornings on the side, the back burner, for a long time, not taking time to see how necessary Sundays were. We wanted to focus on being out in these missional communities and DNA groups 
And Sundays were like, uh, whatever, it's fine. Uh, and, and if you, some of you didn't, we weren't, we weren't there. Uh, we had this old building uh, in Swartz area that was called Sandal Drive Baptist Church. In the early days, it was like green shag carpet, baby blue brick walls. It was kind of gross. The kids' area was looked a little dangerous. Uh, and we're like, all this stuff, we were like, it's just for Sundays. We're there for a short time, and then we get to go out and be the church. So let's really focus on our MC. Let's focus on our DNAs. And we thought, like, this is, this is good. The, the, the church in Monroe needs to change like we're changing, but we were neglecting Sunday morning. So we've slowly moved to a good place where, no, we're not making Sundays everything, but we do understand that this is an environment where the body can come together and have an upward focus on God. This upward focus is one of these three uh, ways that we want to see God. We want to be changed by God in this upward focus. Uh, we're praising God here. We're worshiping him. We're hearing the word. Um, but really, we're encouraging each other by being reminded of who God is and what he's done. Every sermon, no matter what we're talking about, Vision Series, James, whatever we're doing next, Advent, we are being reminded of who God is and what he's done. We open our Bibles together, and we're reminded of this. We're encouraged by this every Sunday. So if the only thing that happens for you on a Sunday morning is you're reminded of who God is and what he's done through Jesus, then this gathering was successful, absolutely successful. So what if you didn't get to talk to that one person because they left really quick because they don't want to talk to anybody? So what if Joseph did not play your favorite song? He never plays my favorite song. It's okay. If you were reminded of who God is and what he's done through Jesus, this gathering did exactly what it was supposed to do. If, if you're not being reminded, maybe it's on the pastor for not doing that, but maybe it's been distractions or, or anything else going on right now. But if you are reminded of the gospel, this is what we want this gathering to be. So this upward focus, being reminded of who God is in, in all of life as, as family, as servants, as missionaries, this is what the Sunday morning gathering, this environment that we've created, should be. Not everything, but also not on the back burner that we're not worried about. We want to be reminded of who God is, encouraging one another, worshiping together. Like even if we did not have a sermon, just worshiping together in, in this family, as we sing together, I'm reminded of who God is, that he's my father, that he's made us family, and that we're called to something greater just by singing together. So this is what this gathering does, this environment right now. So Sunday mornings are about an upward focus, growing as disciples by seeing and believing who God is and what he's done for us. And so we also believe, uh, as we walked through last week, that having an environment that is outward focused is also necessary for the growth of a disciple of Jesus. So Sunday mornings, upward focus, we're seeing who God is, we're believing who God is, all about upward, and then initial communities should be outward focus. Matthew 28, Jesus came near the disciples and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I commanded you. And remember that I am with you always to the end of the age. So clearly we should not only have this environment where we are upwardly focused on God, that we're just praising him forever. That's going to be someday. We get home, that's going to be it. That's all we're going to do, but that's not here. If we're, that's all we're doing here is coming to a building on Sunday morning, worshiping, being encouraged by the body, being encouraged by a, a sermon, and then going back home and just sitting until the next Sunday we come back 
we're, that we're missing something. We also must have an outward-focused life, believing what God has done for us. Also, he, he really wants us to do that for others because of who he is, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and who he has made us, family, servant, missionaries. We are now called to love others as the Father has loved us. We are called to serve others, serve the least of these, just as King Jesus has served us, the enemy, dying for us. And we're also called to proclaim truth to the lost, having been filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit. So we come on Sundays, and we are focused on who God is. We're reminded of who he is and what he's done for us. And then we are sent out. And we see our outward focus really play out in our missional communities. So if you weren't here last week, I'll just pause for a minute. You can go to our website and listen. No, just kidding. Um, missional communities, these groups, these environments are prime and equipped to do this outward focused life. They aren't confined to a time of the week. They're not confined to a place. They're not even tied to agendas and things that they're supposed to be. As I talked about last week, the very clear statement of your MC is whatever your MC needs to be. They're not even tied to anything. We want MCs to meet as often as they can and to make disciples. That's it. That's the guidelines. Meet as often as you can and make disciples. There, there, there is no agenda. There's no things. You must do this. You must check these boxes. You've got to report back to the elders. No, there's none of that. Be the hands and feet of God. Be the hands and feet. So this is our, these are our two environments, this upward and outward focus. So in these two environments, um, if this is all we have, uh, we begin to run into some issues. If we don't set up an environment for another way of life, then these other environments we put in place will have to adjust, and then they'll no longer be what they were meant to be. So what I mean by that, instead of having an outward focus, our mission communities will need to adjust and be in groups for personal care and counseling if our members are getting, um, uh, if our members are not getting that elsewhere. So if we don't have a space for this inward focus where it's, uh, I got a lot of stuff going on, I, ne I need to, I don't believe who God is. I don't believe what he's done for me. We don't have that time, we don't have that environment, that space, that our MCs are probably going to take over that. And, th and that's usually okay, because you're probably pretty close to their mission community. I know I'm really close to my MC, and so in our times, we're around that dinner table, we're doing whatever, uh, and someone just drops like, guys, like we're having marital issues. Like, all right, let's, no more game night. Uh, no more, we're not reading through this book right now. We're going to stop, and we're going to love you, we're going to counsel you we're going to sit with you in this that's that time it's like throw everything else away this is what we're doing right now all right so if if that is what our mcs begin to be then we'll start to feel this pressure if we no longer have outward focus all our mcs are inward focus we don't have this environment for outward focus anymore so we put this pressure on us to make our sunday morning gatherings more about this outward kind of life so we begin to see this this the space and this time as the only place where lost can be loved, served, and saved. Instead of being the church in all of life, we fall into this lie that we must invite our lost friends to church in order that they might be saved. Like these pastors have some kind of secret knowledge that the rest of the body can't tap into. And I'm not saying don't invite your friends, your coworkers, your classmates to this gathering. Absolutely. 
please do that. But if we fall into this thing of like, well, they're not going to be saved if they don't come to this because I'm no longer outward focused in all of life. This is now outward focus. What happens is this simple space that we could have had for inward focus, if we don't have that, we'll see this larger effect start to happen. We no longer have an environment where people are reminded of who God is here and what he's done because we're so focused on everything being the best it can be for our Sunday morning gatherings so that our lost or de-church visitors can find a home here. We, we try to make this space all about the outward. And yes, it's going to happen here. We're going to have visitors. We're going to have people who don't know Jesus, who are angry at the church. They're finally going to show, like, yes, man, I'm so glad you're here. Let's have a conversation. Let's go get lunch afterwards. Like that can be this. But this, this is all about outward. And we're no longer being reminded of who God is. We're no longer resting and being encouraged by Scripture. We're so focused on doing everything right, make sure the music's going, make sure the live stream's on, make sure somebody brings some treats and coffee ready, all that kind of stuff. We're so focused on that, then we lost this in this uh, upward kind of environment. And so this is why we think it's also extremely important to have an environment that allows the body to be inward focused. And that's sometimes like a bad word, like inward focus. Like stop focusing on yourself, like get over yourself. I've heard that many times. No one's ever said that. I'm just kidding. Um, probably. But we think that sometimes that's wrong. Because so often, a lot of us are raised in a way that don't focus on yourself, either in a way that, like, you need to serve and love others, so forget about yourself, or in, like, the old mentality that uh, some of our dads and grandpas may have said, you don't need to have feelings, and so get over it, stop crying kind of thing. All right, so we tend to just not focus on the inward because that's wrong. We should be focusing outward all the time, or I shouldn't have feelings, and so I don't need to focus on the inward because I have no feelings. All right? So this is why we need DNA groups. Call them whatever we want to call them, but we are going to call them DNA groups. Within this environment, we receive the love of the Father. We surrender and repent to King Jesus, and we submit to the Holy Spirit. Galatians 6. Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit watching out for yourselves so that you won't also be tempted. Carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And skip into verse 9. Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those who, are, who belong to the household of faith. This idea of waging through this stuff together, doing this good for each other together. These DNA groups, simply they should be made up of three to four men with men or women with women. Uh, more than four, we begin to see something start to happen where um, some members of the group are not having time or a space to share because those two are they're really talking a lot. Our last MC gathering, we started to identify these <laughs> types of people, that person who shares a lot, that person who just makes jokes all the time, that'd be me. Or I, I, talk, I talk a lot, too. I'm too. Uh, and that person who's just like, y'all go ahead. Y'all can talk all you want. I'm shutting down. Oh, we ran out of time. I got to go to work. All right? If you get more than four people, that tends to happen. The more you have, the more likely it is that two or three people start to shut down, start to check out. The hope is that these groups, like your MCs, these three to four people, um, meet every week. 
but we know that that can't happen sometimes. I know that some groups have found really good rhythms of every other week, and then the weeks in between, they meet as MCs uh, with jobs, with kids, with class, with everything else we got going on. Uh, we don't desire a number of times you're meeting every month. We don't desire anything like that. We desire consistency, like whatever that is. If we as elders here, man, that group uh, is meeting consistently every week, every other week, whatever they're doing, like that is an encouragement to us. Not, man, this group just walked through this book of the Bible. Man, man, this group met twice this week. Man, they're really overdoing it. Uh, no, like it's none of that. It's like, man, our people, the, the body that God has entrusted us as like co, like small shepherds, they're, they're loving each other. They're meeting together consistently. That is really restoring. I, I, I will tell you that. It is really restoring. And so that's the hope. Uh, and now, this is what MCs, this is why MCs, this is why we think DNAs are really important. We, we need to have these environments where here we are upward focused, we're being reminded of who God is and what he's done for us. MCs, we are outward focused. Uh, there, there's times where we cross over, we read something uh, together in MCs and we're reminded of who he is. There's times where we do have to counsel and love each other and, and nurture uh, each other well in MCs. But MCs, we, we have set those aside to be outward focused, to love and serve your neighbors, your coworkers, your community well. And so that leaves this inward focus that we need to have this. We must have this environment for us to grow as disciples. So DNA, if you don't know, I meant to type it in a slide, forgot, so you got to remember it and write it down. Um, DNA stands for discover, nurture, and act. Discover, nurture, act. So I want to walk through how those three, again, three, Watch out uh, how those three should play out in a DNA group. Uh, discover, nurture, act. What do they mean? And then how does that play out in a DNA group? First, discover. Actually, first, um, if you are a part of a DNA group right now, uh, thriving, kind of consistent, semi-consistent, you have that group that you that group thread that you hadn't texted in a while. If you're a part of one right now, uh, my hope for this time is that you will just not totally change what your group's doing, um, unless it's not meeting anything that we desire as a DNA. For the most part, again, that consistency is what we want, um, but if you have a DNA group, really my hope is that you kind of mesh in with what we're going to walk through right now. If you do not have this, if you are new and you would love to be a part of this, come to an MC gathering, meet people, and then be a part of this. And so if your DNA group is not meeting, you don't really know what you're doing when you do meet every once in a while, like this is for you. But for those who have that time, you're doing really well, like just kind of mesh in with this and, and, and take what you see fit. Uh, so first, uh, discover. Every existing DNA group or future DNA group, I encourage you to read the Bible together. But like not really, really encourage. Encourage seems too soft. Like whatever is in between encourage and require you to read the Bible. Somewhere in there. Require is too harsh. Encourage is too soft. Somewhere in between there, I urge you maybe to read Scripture together and discover who God is and what he's done through Jesus. You could simply take a chapter out of any New Testament book each week, read beforehand throughout the week, and then come together at your favorite local coffee shop and discuss. All right, so if your DNA group is already doing this well, you have some structure on how you discuss Scripture, you're con I, I would urge you to continue doing that. But if you're not doing this, if you're not even meeting, you're not reading scripture, 
Or maybe your discussion with your group starts with, well, what would you guys think about it? Like that's how a lot of them start. Uh, that's probably not enough structure, a little too loose. Or maybe your group goes straight into, all right, you guys read this, right? You didn't? Come on, man, repent. Um, uh, what do we need to do now? Like go straight into what do we do now if we don't get into anything else about, the, uh, about whatever scripture we're reading. We probably need something else. That's probably not it. And so what's really helpful and, and naturally leads into nurture and act after discover are four really simple questions you can ask in your group every week um, that in the very beginnings of the Crossing Church, uh, we walked through this uh, on a trip, and I have used it in my just daily, whatever, quiet time when I'm reading by myself. I have to do this. I have to because I don't have this mind that some of you have that you can think intricately, I can't say the word intricately, about all these different aspects of who God is, i got to break it down to four simple questions. And those four simple questions, if you're like me, a simple man, are who is God, what has he done, through Jesus especially, who are we, and now what do we do? All right, so rather than just discussing it, open air, what do you guys think, and not really going anywhere, but also now on the other end of the spectrum about like, all right, what do we do about this now? you got to start with who God is, then move to what he's done to prove who he is, to show us who we are now, and then we get to what do we do. So together, we discover, we're reminded of who God is, these truths in Scripture, and that should compel us to action. So rather than starting with the action, let's walk through uh, a DNA meeting where this might happen. Maybe we're reading through Matthew together. And we're seeing how the discovering should lead to nurturing and then action. So Matthew 10, 28 to 31, just pick this one kind of randomly. Don't fear those who kill the body but are not able to kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's consent. But even the hairs of your head have been counted. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. So I read that before we come to our group. Maybe we read the whole chapter, and we're focused on that part. And and I ask uh, my group, all right, uh, who is God in this? We we share, but it really comes down to God is sovereign. God is in control. He is Lord over all things. Then we move into, okay, what has God done to prove that he's sovereign? whether in that scripture or something else that we're thinking of, something else we've read that week. Well, God sent his son to die for us. He beat death so that we could be included in the family withheld from our just punishment. He said he's going to save us. He said he's, that we're his kids, and he proved that by sending his only perfect son. He proves that he's sovereign. Even it gets to a simple level of you recalling a time in your life where you everything was out of control, and you saw Man, God proved that his sovereign, in-control love was there for me on in that season of life. Whatever it is, you see what God has done through Jesus. And then at this point, this is where we get to the nurturing, the nurturing part of DNA. We've discovered, we've been reminded of who God is in Scripture, and now we get to this question of, of who are we. But before we can get to that, we've got to ask the question, okay, this is who God is and what he's done. And then that question really comes, and sometimes it comes naturally, sometimes it doesn't have to be asked at all, is do you believe that? Do you believe that God is sovereign? Do you believe that he's in control? Do you believe that he sent his son to die for you so that you won't have to be in control? So sometimes it's like, yes, I believe that. I believe 
that I am now a child who has no need to worry about everything in the world. Judah, who just turned three the other day, does not need to worry about all our finances. He doesn't need, doesn't need to worry about the drama going on at my work. doesn't need to go all the way. He's like, he's my son, and he has no worry at all. He's worried about eating lunch every day or all the meals in between. That's all he's got to worry about. He has no need to worry. And so I believe that I am God's child, that I have no need to worry. And now what do I do? I know that I must lay down any desire I have for control. I have to lay that down. I have to believe that he is sovereign and he has what is good and right in mind for me daily. i got to believe that daily. That's that acting. That's that what do we do now. That, that is what a smooth, perfect DNA group would go like. Sometimes, most of the time, it's not like that. And so this nurturing and acting really come into play when we know each other really, really, really well. Okay, so if we're discovering, if I read Matthew, uh, and then I, I say, do we believe that? And I either, maybe, maybe I lie, like, yeah, I believe that, move on, all right? Um, or if I'm open, I'm honest with my group, I'm like, I, I do not believe that right now. I can see that I don't believe it because I have a desire to have absolute control over my life. I must be in control, and that's affecting a lot of things. Or, I think it's really good, is if the group doesn't even have to ask that. You sit down, and you're like, all right, guys, get to Matthew 10. They're like, hold on, Jesse, stop. Uh, last week um, at MC Gathering, uh, this is one thing that we noticed that you said or the one thing you acted, uh, you <laughs> freaked out at your kids because they wouldn't go to bed or something like that. Uh, and rather than laughing it off and just like, oh, Jesse's crazy. He's so funny. He yells at his kids. Um, rather than that, addressing it and saying, hey, man, why is that there? Why is that tendency to get angry when your kids don't do what they want you to do. Why is that there? Asking questions and just being like, yeah, uh, I have a desire to be in control. Why is that? I must not believe that God the Father has everything in control for me, that he's done everything possible, that I'm safe. I don't need anything else. I have him. Most of the time, if we allow DNA to really do what it should do, we'll get into those conversations that get really messy there's probably going to be some tears, maybe like some anger there, like, who, are you, who do you think you are? Yeah, okay. They're your DNA group. They're calling you out, calling out sin because they love you. That is what that nurturing and acting should be. Discovering every time, like read the Bible together. That is where we're going to find truth in who Jesus is, who God is, and who we are. That nurturing and acting is where we start to see this kind of spread out into a lot of different aspects. All right. Most of the time, your DNA group, whether they are the ones who are just talking all the time or the ones who put the wall up, like, I'm good this week, thanks, guys, uh, whatever it is, everyone in that group needs to be nurtured. When, I'm, when I say that, I mean every group needs to be reminded of the gospel, whatever aspect that is. needs to be reminded of who God is and who they are, whether they're in sin or not. Remind them, nurture them, remind them of who God is. Not with some silly advice of like, hey, it's going to be okay, man. Just, just uh, I don't know, calm down. Count to ten when you get mad at your kids. Like, that's dumb. Remind them that they have a father. Remind me that I have a father who loves me, who has done everything possible beyond my control so that I don't have to be in control. I don't have to worry about finances. I don't have to worry about kids at home or at school listening to me. I don't have to be in control because he's in control. 
And then we get to this, that's the nurturing, reminding you of that. And then we get to the act. And the act is definitely the hardest part. It is easy to read the scripture together. It is easy to remind each other about the gospel, to love each other in that. The acting is where we, we kind of fall a lot of times. Is Now, going throughout the week, walking through daily, reminding each other of this, and then calling each other out. All right, next week, hey, Jesse, how's it going with that? Reminding each other, like, hey, <laughs> you yell at your kids again, or maybe this time you get mad at your wife, something like that. Okay, calling it out again and again, calling each other to something better, calling each other to something better, growth as a disciple. So this is what DNA groups should be. This is what we desire them to be. We desire these groups to be close, to love one another, to discover, to read scripture, to nurture, to remind each other of the gospel, and then to act, to go out and be the body together. A lot of times it's going to happen in our DNA or in our MCs, that we're filled up, we're encouraged, we're reminded of who God is Sunday mornings on a, on a big scale. DNAs, we're, we're nurtured, we're reminded again that we don't have to be that, we get to be this, and then we get to go back out into our MCs and see this play out. We get to do that for others. We get to love others. We get to show others the love that Christ has for us by loving and serving them. So this is our hope that every member, almost member, visitor of the Crossing Church is not just a part of an MC and a DNA. Uh, we want you to be invested in this. Again, not because we think this is the perfect way, this is the only way church should go, but we really do believe in this. Uh, and we've seen good things happen when people are invested. I'm restored every week by my MC. Uh, I'm, I'm called to go when I'm part of my MC. And when I'm a part of a DNA group, uh, I'm called to something deeper. I'm reminded that God loves me. No matter all my issues, no matter all my sin, no matter all my history, my experience, parent wounds, marital wounds, all this kind of stuff, it doesn't matter. My DNA reminds me of who God is, what he's done for me, who I am now, my new identity, family servant missionary, and then calling me together as we are one just to do something more, to go and act, to see these things play out. But again, if we start with act, if we start with the doing, um, it's going to be work-based. It's going to be, uh, we need to be controlling things, and it's not going to work out. So um, if you are here uh, and you are not a part of a DNA, you're not a part of an MC, uh, please, like I'm, today I will not clean up immediately after church, wor worship gathering. I'll sit and just stand in one place, um, find someone and ask them about MC gathering. I, I, I would start with MC. I, I would just be a part of an MC. If you are totally new, please be a part of an MC gathering. We have two that meet on Wednesday nights, another that meets on Saturday nights, I believe. Um, our, our focuses and what we're wanting to do with those MCs don't matter. Be a part of an MC gathering and then see that this is, this is something better than just coming to church every Sunday morning. If you are a part of MCs, you are part of DNAs, like this is good. But when we're part of these times, let's focus in, make this more structured in a way that it betters our lives so that we can glorify God better, that we can saturate Monroe, West Monroe better with the gospel. Uh, this is my hope. Um, I, I, I believe in these things. 
Uh, but overall, mostly, I obviously believe in who God is, what he's done for us. And, and we as elders, we as most people in the crossing believe that this is probably the best way to see the gospel proclaimed to Monroe, West Monroe, to the unreachable roots. Uh, we want to see this happen. We want to have this upward focus every Sunday morning, this outward focus to people in our lives every day through mission communities. And we want this inward focus in our DNA groups. So I, I pray, I hope that you are in, that you desire to have that as well. And if you have no desire, if you have no way to know what that is like right now, please, please talk to somebody, talk to me, talk to somebody who looks like they know what they're doing here. We want you to be invested in that. We want to invest in you so that you can invest in others. Let's pray. Father, thank you um, once again for who you are, um, that you are sovereign, you are in control, you are loving, you are merciful and gracious, and you have shown us that you are all these things. You have proved that to us through Scripture, through our lives daily, that we are yours forever, God. I pray that as we move forward um, in our lives, whether it's with the Crossing Church, whether we are sent out, whether we move elsewhere, um, that we strive to have these environments, have these, these aspects of our lives, that we are constantly, constantly, daily reminding ourselves, reminding each other of who you are, and we're, we're pushed out, we're sent out to do that as well, God. Please do this in our lives. Wherever you see fit, I pray that you mold and shape the crossing to whatever it needs to be so that we may glorify you with the best of our abilities, God. Open our eyes to see the gifts that you have given us, God, the people that you have given us, but to really open our eyes to the lost who don't know you, God. The unreached, the lost in our area, God. Open our eyes to them. Give us uh, a desperate heart for them to know you, to enjoy Christ as we enjoy Christ. I love you. I thank you for this body. I thank you for Jesus, I thank you that, that we have everything we need to be satisfied daily and to proclaim the gospel daily.